Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I don't know about you guys, but can you feel the different kind of energy tonight? There's like a young spirit in here. And that's because this is our youth all-in night, where we are rallying around our youth, our, our, our young people of the church, the junior hires, the high schoolers. And uh, the truth is, they are the next generation of the church. They're the, the next pastors, uh, preachers, evangelists, worship leaders. They are going to build God's church. And so as a whole, we need to be healthy on all cylinders. And I couldn't be more proud of our young people. You know, when I was in high school, I just wanted to be cool. Like that was like my top priority. And I found out that the coolest thing you can do is following Jesus. It may not be the most popular thing, but it's definitely the coolest. And so being able to see these young people like Jax on the keys and Dora up here singing and, and Sophia praying over Book of Miracles. I'm just like, yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. You guys are doing it right. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, if you're not familiar with me uh, or maybe this is your first time meeting me, let me just say, and I know I look like it, but I am not a Muslim. <laughs> I promise you. I'm Christian. <laughs> so don't worry, I'm gonna be preaching out of the Bible, not the Quran, <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> We're in safe hands, don't worry. <laughs> but God has given me a word. It's a fresh word, and he actually gave it to me a while ago. And uh, the Holy Spirit, also told Pastor Matt that he gave me a word. And so Pastor Matt was like, hey, I need you to preach. And I first was like, nah, I declined it. <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit kept working on him and uh, Pastor Matt asked me again. He's like, hey, you got a word, I need you to preach. And I kept just pushing it off. And uh, the, the truth is, I just felt like I wasn't in my season to preach. And one day I was spending time with God and I, I asked him, I was like, Lord, what do you have for me today? Speak to me, Lord. And I kid you not, the first verse I came across was 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. <laughs> with an exclamation point. Be ready in season and out of season. So here I am. <laughs> but the thing that I love about our leaders is, even though Pastor Matt knew that I had a word, he didn't just kick me in the deep end and say, you know, sink or swim. I found that great leaders, that they just kind of nudge their people. They just kind of nudge you, they're like, come on, come on. And then next thing you know, you're at the edge and, and you kind of get pushed in. 
and you're kind of swimming in the deep end, and you realize, man, this ain't so bad. And they're like, I told you. <laughs> so can we give it up for our amazing leaders? The Tuggles, you guys rock. <laughs> so good. Thank you for being patient with me. And our church, can we give it up for our church? Our church is amazing. Man, my first experience with Awaken uh, was three and a half years ago. And I wasn't uh, coming to a church service, or, you know, Wednesday night or a connect group. I actually was invited to our men's Emerge conference uh, down in San Diego. And uh, I ended up going and I, I had, I'd never even heard of Awaken. And it rocked my world because I'd been a Christian my whole life, but I had never experienced that level of power. And the thing that solidified it for me was actually seeing the men there and the fruit that they carried. It was undeniable. And so I knew that, you know, whatever it is that these guys got, I need it. I need it. And so I started coming to Awaken SLC. And uh, shortly after, uh, Pastor Vince and I, we uh, went and got some coffee to kind of get to know each other. And uh, I remember Pastor Vince asking me, he said, because I was already at another church and I was, I was making, I was making a switch to, uh, you know, Awaken to be my home church. And he said, he said, why the switch? He's like, you're already at a good church. How come you're coming here now? And I told him, I want to be developed I hunger discipleship, and I saw that Awaken carried that, and that was about 75% true. The other 25% was, the women are beautiful here. <laughs> they really are. I didn't tell them that, but I was single at the time, and I remember coming into my first service, and I was like, hello. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise Jesus. I love God, yeah. <laughs> and I ended up marrying one of the beautiful ladies of the church, Savannah. <laughs> so, if you're single, I'm telling you, this is the place to be. Keep coming, keep coming. <laughs> you won't regret it. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, whenever I hear of an up-and-coming great athlete or an up-and-coming great musician or just anything great, I always ask myself, well, are they the real deal? Because nobody wants to follow a fraud or a phony. And it's kind of like when, is BJ Staten in here? All right. BJ Stane's a pro golfer in our church, and, and I remember when I first heard about him, they're like, oh, this dude's so good at golf. Like, he's awesome. I'm like, I, I know good golfers, and I have him in my family and friends, and they're like, no, he, he's the real deal. And so I looked him up on Google, you know, <laughs> and sure enough, it said BJ Staten PGA Tour. And I saw videos of him golfing and interviews, and I was like, wow, this dude really is the real deal. And I still have not been able to go golfing with him. <laughs> but in Jesus' name, I will. <laughs> and a similar thing happened with Jesus when he was doing his ministry. When he started 
going around and preaching and doing miracles, the crowds and all the multitude gathered and because they wanted to see, is Jesus the real deal? Is he really who he says he is? Is he really the Messiah? And you know what's crazy? It blows my mind that, yes, Jesus was 100% God, but only some of the people actually got that. And you would think that, you know, if we see God on earth, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, that's God. That's, it would be blatantly obvious. But that wasn't the case. So only some of the people got it and the others didn't. So much so that Jesus' own people ended up murdering him. And so I felt that God was saying that in the church, there are people who are around Jesus. You know, we are around uh, his Holy Spirit, but we're, we're never comprehending. We're never actually receiving or getting it. And tonight, I believe God is going to lift up that veil and break off the blockage. Mm. So let me just pray real quick over us. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your power and your Holy Spirit. God, we pray a covering over this room and I ask that you, know, you would open up the hearts. I ask that you would open up the eyes that we can see the reality and experience your truth in Jesus' name. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul writes that in the last days, people will have a form of godliness but deny its power. How many people know that we are in the last days? Ever since uh, Jesus you know, rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, right then the last days began. And even though it's been 2,000 years later, we're still in the last days because we're waiting for his return. And so when Paul writes that in the last days, he's essentially saying that right now. So in other words, he's saying right now, people will appear to be Christian or seem to be godly but never truly experiencing the life, the fruit, and the power that it gives. And can I just say that Christianity sucks if you are experiencing the religion without receiving the power and blessing. And it makes me wonder how many of us throughout the body of believers or even in this room are actually experiencing that. And if we're being honest, I think we, most of us have, and some of us currently are going through that. And it's a subtle thing. It's because you can get so caught up in uh, going through the motions, uh, getting stuck in the routine of, of going to church on Sunday, you know, maybe Wednesday if you're feeling extra righteous, uh, you know, you're, you're praying, you're singing the songs, and you'll, you'll even read your Bible a little bit. You're doing all the things, but when you do an internal check, you realize, man, I'm lacking all the promises and the prosperity and the blessing, the, the peace that the Holy Spirit gives. And what makes it even worse is when you see other believers who are walking in the promises and you start to get frustrated and confused and you wonder, are they faking it? Is that real? Or, or maybe you're just like, why is this not happening to me? They're, they're getting it, but I'm not. And the truth is that God's word is living and active. 
The Bible says that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can even divide spirit and soul. So something that powerful at that magnitude, in order to walk in that, it takes so much more than just going through the motions. <laughs> and so I'm going to give you guys three points that... They're not the three exclusive points. It's just what I've read in my Bible and I've experienced uh, to help you walk in the spirit rather than in the strength of your own flesh. That sound good? (laughs) Okay. All right. And by the way, my title is called The Real Deal. The The Real Deal. So first point, point number one, to walk in the spirit is to deny yourself. Deny yourself. Luke 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. I like Jesus because he just speaks the truth. Partially because he is the truth, so he kind of has to, but... (laughs) He just says it how it is. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. And so when Jesus refers to picking up your cross, what he's talking about is the capital punishment of crucifixion. Crucifixion was uh, the death penalty method the Romans used back in the day, and it was considered one of the, actually the worst way to die. A person being crucified would be nailed to a cross by their hands and their feet and left there until they eventually died. And it was usually from suffocating. So when Jesus says, take up your cross, my initial thought is like, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm good (laughs) not being your disciple, you know, I'll pass. But the reason Jesus tells us to take up our cross is because he knows that we live with a sinful nature. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, our default is sin. And so when you deny yourself, you're essentially crucifying all your sinful desires, the selfishness, the the lusts, the idolatry, the drunkenness, the greed, whatever it is, you're considering it dead and it has no power over you. And you know what I realized is when I deny myself and I deny my sin, I found out that I actually really don't even like that stuff. And when I deny it, my sinful desire actually gets replaced with a righteousness desire. The Holy Spirit will change your desire to to be pure, to, to, to be honoring, to be generous, And so that's why it's so, so important to take up your cross. Uh, Let's see. The key point that Jesus said is, the key word is, take up your cross daily. Not take up your cross weekly, not take up your cross monthly, or like some some Christians taking up their cross on Easter and Christmas. No, he says to take up your cross daily. Daily. Because every morning when we wake up, our default is sin. And so that's why it's so important. Okay, second point, moving on here. 
And this one's a fun one. (laughs) Point number two, confess your sin. There are two types of confession. The first type is when you confess to God. And I found that that's like pretty easy. You know, and that results in uh, forgiveness of your sin. And then there's the second type of confession, which I found is much harder. And that's when you confess your sin to each other. And the reason confessing to God is pretty easy is, first off, he knows everything. He's all-knowing. He already knows I did it. (laughs) But people are not (laughs) all-knowing. They don't know I did it, and I like to keep it that way. But I really, really want to focus in on this last point, the, 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 the ladder of confessing to each other, because it's so crucial in your walk, and I often think it's skipped over many of the times. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Someone say Healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you want to walk in the fullness that God has for you, then you have to confess your sin to someone. Because if you don't, the Bible says you are not healed. You're wounded. You're injured. You're walking around crippled. It's crippling you and you're not able to run the way you're meant to. Back in high school, I, my senior year, I, I got a full-ride scholarship to go play Division I football. And uh, at the Division I level, you're playing with the best of the best. And all of the high school football stars are at the D1 level. And so I saw some great freak athletes. And you know what the number one thing that took out athletes was? It wasn't the excessive partying the girl problems, the, the, wasn't even the poor grades. The number one thing that took out great athletes was injuries. And it was sad because you would see these freaking amazing athletes so talented with an injury and they're on the sidelines just watching the game. All of this potential inside of them, yet they're ineffective. And it's not until they are fully healthy when the coach puts them back in the game and they're able to run and jump and maximize all of the God-given gifting inside of them. (laughs) Paul, he even uh, compares your your mission and, and the call on your life to a sporting event. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 25. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, or in other words, they get very healthy. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. How in the world... Are you supposed to run your race to win if you're injured? It's impossible. You can't do it. 
You have to be healthy, and that's why confessing your sin to one another is so important. And then it doesn't just say that. It says, and then pray for one another so that you may be healed. I found the best place to confess your sin is right here at the altar, right here at the altar with the prayer team, because right after you confess it, they pray for you. And in a moment, you are healed just like that. Every time I don't confess my sin and I, I, I hold it in, I find that there's like this weight and you can just feel it on your spirit and you're carrying it and you're not effective. You're not able to run like you're meant to. And the moment I confess to a, and not just anyone, it's to another trusted believer and the prayer team, they're awesome to do it to too. In that moment, you are healed and that weight actually gets lifted and so right now, there's things that God is stirring up in you. And it's like, whoo, I'm not telling that. I'm not telling that. But I'm telling you, and I've been there. There's been some weird things I've done that I'm not telling. <laughs> and I found that when I did say those weird things, where I'm like, I'm such a pervert, I'm sorry. In that moment, I am healed. I am healed, and I'm able to be free and run. Okay, okay, that's, I know that one's kind of heavy and <laughs> are we doing good? How's everyone feeling? All right, don't throw stones at me. Okay, third and final point, point number three is get in God's presence often. God is the source of every good thing and you cannot get it anywhere else. You can get counterfeits, but it's not the real deal. The Holy Spirit is the source of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you find that you're lacking these things, well, then just get in God's presence. Seek him. Ask him earnestly to give you these things. The Bible says that, you have not because you ask not. It's not enough to just get in God's presence on a Sunday or a Wednesday uh, because you'll end up being starved of the bread of life and, and thirsty for living water. John 4, 14, John 4, verse 14, Jesus says, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, the more you get into God's presence, the more your mind begins to renew. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you have a renewed mind, you know what you're able to do? You're able to walk in the blessing. You're able to secure that job. You're able to get that promotion. You're able to be more generous. You're able to forgive that person. You're able to do, lay hands on the sick and pray and see them healed. As I wrap up, I just want to let you guys know that I, we're all on our own journey and I wasn't always like this, walking in the spirit at all. 
when I first uh, moved to Salt Lake, I, I had just graduated college and, and got a job down here. And I moved all my stuff from Idaho to Utah. And I didn't know anybody. And I ended up finding a, a good church. And uh, I served and, you know, attended every Sunday and uh, was tithing occasionally. <laughs> but I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do as a Christian. And literally two years later, as I'm going through these motions, I looked at my life and it was a mess. Like on the outside, I appeared godly, but on the inside, I had no peace. I was doing hard drugs, which I never thought of. My parents never raised me that way. I had been working for a great job for two years and had no money in the bank account. Like, I was so far from all of the promises that Christianity claims to have. And looking back, I realized that, man, I wasn't prioritizing my time to get in God's presence often. It was just at church on Sunday. You know, I wasn't confessing my sin to anyone. I was keeping that between me and God. <laughs> so I was walking around broken. And then finally, I wasn't denying myself. Whatever sounded good, whatever sinful desire, you know, felt good, I was just doing it. But I was still going to church. There's a term for that in the Bible and it's called lukewarm Christianity. <laughs> the Bible says that God will spit you out. He wants nothing to do with lukewarm Christianity. So it's no wonder, although I'm in the environment, I wasn't receiving any of the blessing. <laughs> and so tonight, I think God wants to kind of do like a, a gut check. <laughs> he wants you to walk in the blessing. He wants your life to prosper and thrive. He wants you to step into all the good things that he has for you. But it also takes an action on your part. And so tonight, as you know, I wrap up, I just want to encourage you, whatever thing you might be dealing with, uh, maybe you know, out of the three points I shared, maybe you're just not denying your sinful desires. Maybe you haven't confessed that thing to someone. Or maybe you're just not wanting to get in God's presence. And let me say that that's natural. That's normal. You have to ask God, God, give me a heart like yours. Give me a mind like yours. God, help me to desire getting in your presence. But if you find yourself on any three of those things or maybe all of them, then as the, word, as the, as the, the, the prayer team is up here, I encourage you to go up, get prayer. And it's always so much better after. I found that it's always met with compassion. And usually it's like, oh, you too? <laughs> I've been there. Let me pray as I close up. Would you guys just stand to your feet? 
Lord, thank you for giving us the keys, telling us the way that we can be in your presence. Jesus, it's not always easy, but it's always worth it. So God, I pray that your spirit would speak to each person right now. Lord God, that you would bring up whatever it is that they need to deal with tonight. God, and that it would be met with compassion and healing and your power would rest upon them. Lord, we thank you that it, it's no coincidence each person's here, but Lord, you have a word for them and you have a calling on their life. Lord, we declare your blessing and your promises would be made evident in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.